0: I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, coming to you live on Good Friday, Uh, wishing those of you that celebrate a happy Easter, uh, those of you who don't, a a good extended weekend, hope you're all good, hope you're all well. Uh, Lots of you in the chat already with us, brilliant to see as always, I'll give you some shout outs in a moment, but some news that just literally flashed up on my phone as I was about to hit the live button is Sean Dyche has been sacked by Burnley. Sean Dyche, in the midst of a relegation battle, has been given the chop by Burnley. Now, I've said for a long, long time that this, for me, is the season that Burnley fall away and it's the season that Burnley are relegated. I know we're not here to talk about Burnley, but this is big news and I wanted to just quickly react to it at the top of the programme. Sean Dyche sacked by Burnley Football Club. I think they had a chance of surviving. I really do. I think when you look at the fixtures that Everton have remaining i think they're catchable i really really do you know Everton haven't just uh, sort of miraculously become a good side overnight off the back of one positive result against manchester united so yeah i'm surprised at that i think that this reduces um this reduces the chances of uh, Burnley surviving this season. So I can't really understand why they've pulled the trigger at this point, but they have. Uh, I'm no expert on Burnley Football Club, but I just wanted to give you my short reaction to that because it has come as a surprise to me. There wasn't any real sort of lead up to this. There wasn't any whispers, rumours, murmurs. It's just come at me uh, first thing uh, this morning. So yeah, a little bit surprised by that, but can't say I'm too, too upset. You know, I've I've not been a big fan of Burnley. I've not been a big fan of Sean Dyche over the years and the way they go about things, although you have to give him his props for keeping him in the Premier League up until this point because I think he's uh, well and truly exceeded people's expectations, hasn't he? over the last few years. Uh, Right. Let's say some hellos before we dive uh, headfirst into our preview of Southampton versus Arsenal in the Premier League. Big hello to Peeny Ween. Hope you're well. Uh, Henry Guna is with us as well. Uh, The modern Guna. Hope you're good. Uh, Essential departure says 6.30 a.m. show. Perfect. Make this your new time going forward, please. 10.30 in the morning is normally Uh, a pain in the ass time for me just based on on what I've got going on with work. 10.30 is what the time is here um, as I'm coming to you live. But um, it is Good Friday. I don't have any other work on. I'm actually going to do this podcast, finish up, get the audio version out um pump it out on the socials and then i'm going to spend some time with my kids uh before heading over to a friend's barbecue a little bit later on this afternoon so very much looking forward to having a wind down day after what's been a really busy and hectic week uh big hello to lynn who joins us at jk guna john uh, maximus delisu uh, who catches us live for the first time in a while uh, abdi hope you're well mate uh, greetings to chhs fans who says greetings from austin texas it's 4 35 a.m here wow as you can tell love your show great to have you with us my friend um even if i have to question what you're doing up at this time in the morning but welcome great to have you with us uh the arsenal granny uh, abdi says looks like you've got the 90 min disease late no i always schedule the stream you can know this now that five minutes before i'm actually gonna go live because I always get a lot of complaints and a lot of messages from people saying that they didn't get the notification until a couple of minutes into the stream. So this way, if I set it for a little bit earlier than I'm actually going to go live, it gives those of you a chance and an opportunity to jump on. That's why I do it. It's not me being late. I was literally sitting here watching the clock. Uh, Big hello to uh, Bis Markops. Um, Johnny Kryptonite says great news with the live show. Yes, I'll bring you guys up to speed on that. Uh, in a little bit uh what else have we got uh, birat is with us from nepal uh junior gunner is with us too gary griffin uh, victor is uh with us he says i'm a regular watcher but don't always catch you live um jk Gunner says where is the person in the world at 6 30 a.m i'm picturing halfway across the atlantic makes sense uh, okay, right. Let's um, let's dive into it then. Let's talk about the significance, first of all, of Arsenal's trip to Southampton this weekend. Look, we can all agree it's been a really, really uh, difficult week for the Gunners. Um, a couple of really disappointing results have, have really sort of set us back in the hunt for the top four. I've copped a lot of criticism this week for sort of... I ha- this is the thing, right? I haven't defended the performance at Palace, which I thought was awful. And I haven't defended the decisions that Mikel Arteta made going into the game against Brighton. Now, it's possible to be critical without going OTT and completely shifting my stance in the course of a week as to whether or not the manager's done a decent job this season. So, you know, as a a manager developing, he is going to get things wrong and that doesn't excuse it. But what the point I'm trying to make is, is that we shouldn't be surprised when from time to time this happens. And it's part of of the risk when you go and appoint a manager who's still very much learning this trade. Now, um, I'll get this cheeky little plug in because I was on Talk Sports game day feature, which is going to be aired tomorrow uh, in the lead up to the game. Of course, the Arsenal game is live on Talk Sport. Um, and on their game day show, which is a brilliant build up show for the which goes on from the morning really up until the end of the football, we did a really interesting segment. It was myself. Jordan Jarrett, Brian, the presenter, and uh, former Arsenal man Perry Groves, a bit of a cult hero at the Arsenal. So the three of us, we went down to the Tollington pub, uh, just uh, a few minutes' walk from the Emirates Stadium. I'm sure a lot of you know it. We sat around the round table and we had a discussion about Arsenal, and we had a discussion about the manager, we had a discussion about the direction in which we're headed, and um, and what the aspirations were and probably should have been for the season. So I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that. I will share it with you as well, uh, because I believe it's going to go out on social media. So when I get that, um, I will get that over to you as well. But really interesting discussion. And it only kind of reinforced the things in my mind that I'd been saying earlier in the week. Now, we did an Emirates uh, Stadium video uh, a couple of days ago. Let me know what you think about that as well. That didn't go out to our podcast listeners. It was literally exclusive to the YouTube channel. So you can check it out if you haven't done so already. Um, But let me know if you enjoy that, because I might start getting down there a little bit more often and doing the video sometimes from there as opposed to always in the studio. So yeah, let me know. But as I say, I copped a lot of criticism for that video and I've copped a lot of criticism for some of the things I've said on 90 Min In and on TalkSport this week, where I've been, I guess, not, I don't want to say defensive of the manager and defensive of the team, but I've tried to kind of compose myself a little bit and, and ensure that I don't go OTT and lose my mind off the back of a couple of disappointing results because I always felt like this Arsenal awesome team at some point, um, we're going to level out a little bit. I, I always felt that way, and if you listen to podcasts that we've done in recent weeks, I repeatedly spoke about the fact that despite everybody else or a lot of people at least being really confident of Arsenal making the top four, I was still unsure. I was still wary because I recognised that one or two injuries would put us in a really difficult position, and I recognised that the performances haven't always been, um, you know, haven't always been at the the level. That we've expected this season sometimes we've got results when we haven't played all that well and i think it's important to note that okay so the significance of this southampton game where well it's huge not only for arsenal's uh, aspirations of finishing in the top four but for arsenal's aspirations of finishing in europe because we could quite easily uh, find ourselves sort of slipping further down the table if we don't deal with this issue now i've talked about it a lot this season on numerous occasions i've talked about the fact that we've been really good at limiting the length of these dips and um, that's what we've been better at this season we didn't have a two-month dip like we did last season which ultimately meant we were playing catch-up and we're a million miles behind there have been dips but they've been smaller dips and they've gone on for a lot less time and i think it's imperative that we put this one to an end this weekend now southampton come into this obviously off the back of a heavy defeat at the hands of Chelsea. Chelsea are an excellent side and Southampton, for some reason, seem to have those kind of performances and those kind of results in them every now and again. But make no mistake about it. They cannot be taken lightly. Ralph Hasenhuettel's side have shown at various points this season that they are more than capable of going toe-to-toe with the big boys and they're more than capable of turning in good, intense performances and getting results. There is no easy ride in the Premier League. I've talked about it before. I think the title to my post Leicester podcast was 12 more cup finals to go because at that point we had a 12 games remaining and and I felt like every game was important. Every game was significant. Do I think that Tottenham are going to drop points at home to Brighton and Hove Albion this weekend? No, I expect them to win. But if they do, you've got to be ready to capitalise and you've got to be ready to kind of take advantage of that opportunity. I keep saying it this week. Opportunities present themselves all the time. It's the nature of the Premier League, but you have to be good enough and you have to be ready that when they do come along, you're able to take them. And unfortunately, we haven't done that uh, over the last few weeks. So it's a huge game, really, really big game. And we'll come on to talk a little bit about the lineup. I'd like to see Mikel Arteta pick. We'll come on to talk about um, the stats around this game and comparing the two sides and the seasons they've had so far. We're also going to touch on a little bit of the fallout from Granite Jacker's interview with the Players' Tribune. Uh, and of course, I'm going to be bringing you guys up to speed with a live in-person show that you can attend um, in the next week or so. So lots and lots to keep you Uh, across uh, throughout the duration of this show. But if I could just ask you before we move into the next section to please do hit that like button if you haven't done so already and make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you're new. Okay, let's start off by talking some stats and some facts going into this game. Southampton versus Arsenal at St Mary's taking place tomorrow at 3 p.m. So if you look at the overall Premier League record between these two sides, well, it's heavily, heavily stacked in Arsenal's favour. Of the 45 meetings that these two clubs have had in England's top flight, Arsenal have won 25 of them. There have been 13 draws, and Southampton have won on seven occasions. So how have we fared against them in our last five meetings? Well, uh, on Saturday, 11th of December, 2021. We beat them comprehensively by three goals to nil. Uh, Back in January, we uh, beat them 3-1 at St. Mary's. Uh, On Wednesday, 16th of December 2020, we were held to a 1-1 draw by Southampton. Disappointing result that day. In the fixture prior, we won 2-0 at St. Mary's. And in the fixture prior to that, It was a 2-2 draw at the Emirates Stadium. So they've tended to get the better of us at Emirates Stadium, more so in the Premier League than they have at St Mary's. So there's been a couple of draws uh, and, of course, three Arsenal wins in there. So we're unbeaten in our last five games against Southampton in the Premier League. Now, I don't want to read into that too much because I think a lot of the time in the Premier League, the form book can go out of the window. Um, that's why this league is is much adored and, and much loved by people all around the world because of its unpredictability and because of how competitive it is. But that bodes well, doesn't it? You then move on to the form guide. And although our form Uh, is not looking very, very good. Three defeats in our last five in the Premier League, including that home defeat to Brighton, the away defeat at Crystal Palace, and of course, that home defeat against Liverpool, sandwiched in between victories over Leicester and Aston Villa. But when you look at Southampton, well, their form is even worse. They've only picked up one point in their last five Premier League games, and their last outing was that 6-0 thrashing at St Mary's by Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. Now, Chelsea, much more ruthless have much more quality in the attacking areas. And so I don't expect us to go out there and win by six goals to nil. But it does give me confidence that if we're intense, if we're up for it, if we play at the level that we all know that we can, then there's no reason why we can't go there and take all three points. And it would be a huge three points, not just in the context of the table, but in terms of, as I keep saying, stopping the rot, putting an end to this little spell in which, you know, that is threatening, I guess, to cost us a place in the Champions League, getting back on it. Listen, Tottenham look really, really good at the moment, but this is Tottenham Hotspur, okay? And there is a chance that they will blow this. And you might see it as a really daunting fixture. I do. You might see it as one that we're unlikely to win. I do too. But that trip to White Hart Lane, if everything's riding on it, we've got a chance. We have got a chance. And so I want to be close enough to Tottenham Come that point in the season where, at the very least, we have an opportunity to go out there and put things right, to go out there and beat them on their own patch and take the top four position from them. Okay, uh, moving on. Season so far, uh, of course, Southampton, I would say overall have had a disappointing campaign with some uh, ups and downs in it. 14th, they're well clear of relegation. I think a lot of people feared that they might have got dragged into that this season, but they haven't. Uh, Arsenal, of course, in fifth at present, we've won 17 games. They've won eight. Uh, Arsenal with just three draws this season. A lot of people point to the fact that we've lost 10 games in the Premier League this season. I see that a lot um, in sort of discussions and in forums. Everybody saying, you know, it's not acceptable that we've lost 10 games. Yeah, but we haven't drawn many, which means that We've won more, which means that we've taken more points and that's why we're in a better position than we have been in recent seasons. Draws are good because they show resilience and they show that you are not a pushover and they give you a point, but you could draw three times or you could win one and lose two and still come out with the same amount of points. So this whole thing about draws um, and and the fact that we've lost too many games, I think it's a little bit of a red herring in assessing whether or not Arsenal have improved. Um, Average goal score per match, Arsenal average 1.5, Southampton 1.19. They concede on average uh, 1.68 games, I beg your pardon, 1.68 goals, Uh, conceded per match and of course we're on 1.2 clean sheets, Arsenal have kept 13 Southampton have kept 7 but they do according to the Premier League's official statistics create more big chances per match than us which is interesting So those are some of the stats. Those are some of the facts uh, going into this game with Southampton at the weekend. Um, We're going to move on in just a second to the team that I would like to see selected going into this one. But before that, got a little bit of an announcement to make. So as you might have seen on social media uh, last night, there is a live Arsenal podcast slash meet and greet event taking place at London's Hippodrome Casino in Leicester Square. It's going to be presented uh, by Lee Judges TV and the Highbury squad. So Lee Judges will be there. Uh, Dan Potts will be there. Sophie Nicolau from the Highbury squad will be there. And myself and Tom Canton of the Guna Talk are also going to be there. Uh, We've been very kindly invited to take part. Uh, which is going to be brilliant. So, there's going to be an exclusive live stream from there with an audience. But also, we're going to hang around, we're going to have a drink, we're going to have a chat, and it will be great to meet some of you. So, we are um, taking um, bookings, I guess. It, it is completely free of charge, of course. Uh, if you want to come down, all you need to do is let me know. All you need to do is send me a message. Now, if you're a member, of the channel. You can let me know in the Discord server uh, by tagging me uh, in the comment just so that I don't miss it. Uh, If you're not, then you can uh, DM me on Twitter at Harry Simiu. And yeah, it would be great to meet some of you and great to see some of you down there. So if you're interested, if you're in and around London, if you fancy it, if you fancy a bit of a night out, it's from 7pm to 9pm on Thursday, the 21st of april which is the day after the trip to stanford bridge so there's going to be plenty to talk about as you can imagine but yeah really looking forward to this thank you to sophie um, and to lead judges tv for inviting me down uh, to be involved in this and for giving me the opportunity to invite some of you guys down as well so yeah i'd love to see some of you if you can make it would be great okay um did i not mention that kevin campbell's going to be there as well oh my god someone's just pointed out and kevin Z. yeah Kevin Campbell's going to be there. Sorry, I just when I said Highbury Squad, I kind of took that for granted that people would know uh, that big Kevin Campbell's going to be down there as well. And he is um, just as cool in real life. I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with him a few times now um, as he is on podcasts. Very friendly, very approachable. um, And it's always great to hear from him as well. So big Kevin Campbell will be there too, of course. Okay, uh, let's get back to it then. And let's uh, discuss the team that I would like to see Mikel Arteta pick for this game. Now, first of all, there's a few changes that I believe he has to make, really does have to make. What are these adverts coming up on the screen? I do apologise about that. Uh, they weren't there when I before I shared the screen, which is a bit annoying. Uh, but anyway, Granit Xhaka, for me, has to return to the midfield. There's, there's no question about that. If he is super obsessed with the idea of leaving Nuno Tavares out, and he really doesn't trust him, and he really doesn't want to see him in the team, then for me, Mohamed Elneny has to play. It's as simple as that. But the team I would pick to run you guys through it is Aaron Ramsdale in goal. I'd go with Cedric at right-back, White, Gabriel, and Nuno Tavares at left-back. I'd go with Xhaka and Lakonga in midfield because I think Lokonga can give you something. I think it was really harsh to to judge him on that game last weekend where he was basically thrust into it and and asked to do a job that was near on impossible by himself. I think he needs a Granit jacker next to him. Um, or alternatively, he needs a Mohamed Neni, somebody who's going to give him a little bit of stability who's a little bit more experienced, he has got a little bit more know-how, and who's a little bit more defensive-minded, because let's make no mistake about it. And I remember putting together a podcast when we signed Sambi Laconga, looking at him and what his strengths are and what his qualities are. And the things I talked about were striding forward with the ball at his feet, progressive passing, getting towards the edge of the penalty area and causing people problems. Not for a second did I ever think that Albert Sambi Laconga was a out-and-out out defensive midfielder or the guy that should play at the foot of the midfield. And unfortunately, that's the position he was played in last week. It was a, an experiment from Mikel Arteta um, to leave Xhaka out of the midfield and put him in there to move him to left-back. And it worked. Uh, it, it failed, I beg your pardon. It completely blew up in his face. I can forgive that if he shows me this weekend that he's learned from it. That's the way I look at it. We all make mistakes. Everybody gets things wrong. He wouldn't have done it with any ill intention. He would have done it with the intention of putting out the team that he thought was best suited to win the game. But obviously, it didn't work. So I want to see and I want to know and learn that my manager, who I've been supporting and backing, has learnt from that mistake. So, as I say, I want to see Xhaka back in the midfield in an ideal world. But if, which I suspect might be the case, he really doesn't want to bring Nuno back into the side and he continues with Xhaka at left-back, then Mohamed Elneny has to play in that defensive midfield position alongside Lekonga. I'd go with Odegaard uh, in the 10-roll. I'd go with Smith-Rowe from the left, Saka from the right, and Martinelli up top. I've said it before. I don't think um, he's a striker. I don't think he's an out-and-out centre-forward, but I just feel like we need something different. I just feel like we need a bit more threat in behind, and we need somebody just other than Alexander Lacazette, who's having a really, really uh, difficult time at the moment. But the change is necessary up top now. I've I've backed Lacazette, I've defended him. And I think that a lot of the the goal issue that we have at the moment, the goal drought, if you like, or the lack of goals, is to do with the, the wider team. I don't think the rest of them contribute enough. And obviously, that is even more damaging when your centre forward isn't doing the business. But I think that We need Saka. We need Smith-Rowe to get back on it. We need Martinelli to get back on it. And Odegaard, too. Those guys will need to contribute as well. It's really, really imperative that they do. So, as I say, this is not the team, just to be clear. This is not the team I expect Mikel Arteta to pick. I actually think that Granit Xhaka is going to play at left-back. And I actually think that Lacazette, assuming he's fit, is going to play up top. Now, at the time of recording, we haven't heard from Mikel Arteta yet. Um, but I wanted to get this podcast out as soon as possible, so bear that in mind when listening. But my team, the team I would pick to face Southampton at St. Mary's on Saturday afternoon is as follows. Aaron Ramsdale in goal, a back four of Cedric, White, Gabriel and Tavares, Xhaka and Lokonga in the midfield. I want a two-man midfield pivot. That's what I want to see. Um, And then I want Odegaard just in front of them. I want Saka from the right, Smithrow from the left and Martinelli up top. Um, Freddie says in the chat, uh, how can I get a ticket for Thursday? Here's all the information, mate. So it's the, on Thursday, the 21st of April, 7 to 9 p.m. Presented by Lee Judges TV and the hybrid Squad, which is Sophie nicolaou and Kevin Campbell, special guest and myself and Tom Canton will be featuring as well. Um, If you want to come, if you're interested, uh, drop me a DM on Twitter, at Harry Simi. You can see my handle there on the screen. Drop me a DM. I will pick that up, and I'll get your name uh, added to the list, and that goes for anyone else as well uh, that is interested. There is limited availability in terms of how many people are allowed to attend because of the venue. So please do, uh, if you are interested, get at me as quick as possible so that I can pass your names on and those spaces don't get filled by somebody else. Um, So, Freddie, hit me up um, on Twitter, DM me. Or if you're a member uh, of the channel, you can hit me up on uh, the Discord server as well. Okay, so that's my team. That's my team. That's the team I will pick. No Lacazette is, is one of the key points. I'd go with Tavares, back at left back. Um, and I want a Xhaka or an Elneny alongside Lukonga in that midfield for a little bit more uh, stability. Um, some of you talking about Nketiah playing up front. You know what? He'd he done all right when he came on the other day. So I wouldn't be dead against that. Um, but I just, you know what it is with Nketiah, right? You know when a, you know a player is not going to be there. There's like a fine balance to find going forward where it's OK. I don't see or he's not part of our future because we think he's going to leave um so why should i give the minutes to him why shouldn't i give them to somebody else somebody who is in on the project somebody who is part of what we're doing and part of what we we're, we're going to move forward with but by that same token you've got to do what's best for the team in the short term on that day and so i suspect that that if lacazette doesn't play it will be in just based on the fact that he always seems to come on um and 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 move into that position when Lacazette is, is kind of done. Um, we've heard that Mika Birith as well uh, has been training with the first team over the last few days. I wonder if he'll play a part in the squad. I wonder if that's in anticipation of Lacazette missing out because there have been some rumors that he's got a bit of an injury, although I have not had that confirmed. So I don't want to go too big on it at this point. Um, but if Beereth is in the side or, or in the squad or, or has been training with a team, that might suggest that. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, the team he names. But as I said to you guys, I can forgive last week because I've always known that we've got an inexperienced boss who has a tendency at times to overthink things. I think over the course of the season, he's got more wrong, uh, I beg your pardon, more right than he's got wrong. And so a, a mistake here and there is is not the be all and end all for me. But I do think that he needs to show a lot of people and prove to a lot of people that he's learned from that because the critics are out there right now and they're circling again. Okay, uh, let's get some of uh, your thoughts in the comments. Let's get some of your questions in the live chat box for the last sort of 15 minutes of the show. going to quickly touch on that Granite Xhaka interview as well because uh, there's been a lot of fallout to that, hasn't there? In the last few days. Okay, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. I'm your host, Harry Simiu. Uh, we've previewed the Southampton game. The only thing that's left for me to do, I guess, is to give you a prediction. I think Arsenal are going to win. I, I do. I think we're going to bounce back. I think we're going to bounce back. I really do. I think we're going to uh, go out there and I think we're going to get all three points. It might not be pretty. In fact, it might be ugly, but. I think we're going to go out there and we're going to get three points and, and we're going to see that the character and the development um, of this squad uh, is there. That the, the development in particular when it comes to the mental side is there as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. Um, I might be talking differently on Saturday night, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? But at this moment on t- in time, I feel quite confident and I feel that we're going to go there and do the business. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that is the case. Um, in terms of an actual score prediction, I'm going to go with a, th- uh, a three, one to the arsenal. I feel like we're due some goals. Uh, I'm not sure that we're going to keep a clean sheet if we, especially if we go with the team that, uh, I'm suggesting, which is with uh, Tavares and Cedric as the two fullbacks. Um, I think that it does leave us a little bit vulnerable in those wide areas. And I think we might pay for, for that, but yeah. OK, let's um, let's quickly touch on keep getting your questions in. And while they're coming in, I just want to quickly touch on the, some of the reaction to that Granite Xhaka interview. Now, as you guys might have seen, myself and Mike Stavrou, we did a reaction podcast to that interview. Um, I'm I'm sort of um, I'm sort of a little bit surprised by some of the reaction that we've seen to that interview, if I'm completely honest. Now, um, I know the guys over at the Players' Tribune. They're a fantastic team, and they only make top-notch content. And this was another piece of top-notch content. So I want to, first of all, give a big shout-out to those guys and just let you know that if you go back to that reaction video that myself and Mike did a couple of days ago or podcast, you can find the link to that full interview on YouTube if you want to watch it. I know there's been a lot of little snippets going around. I know there's been some quotes going around in some of the written press. But if you want to actually watch the whole thing, which is beautifully produced, then do hit that link and check it out. Um, Look, I watched the interview and my first thought was right at the start. I thought he came across as a tiny little bit arrogant, just a touch. But I also think, okay, that when it comes to Granit Xhaka, he's just really blunt and really straight up. And sometimes that can be taken as arrogance. I think, actually, the more you get into that interview, the more you realise that it's just him. It's just the way he is. Um, you know, he is very sort of um, to the point, doesn't beat around the bush. And 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 then I kind of, once I got into it, I sort of thought, yeah, well, that's just you. And I I understand that now. I think it gave us a fascinating insight into the man. And I think that's important that we humanise these, these guys who are always on the receiving end of harsh criticism when they do badly, but by that same token, are gods when they win. So I think it was important that we we saw the human side. And I think the biggest takeaway is the impact that social media abuse can have on people. Now, again, to put another plug in there, there's been a lot of plugs today, I do apologise, but myself and Tom Canton spoke on the Gunatalk Talk TV the other day about social media and online abuse. And there's just too much of it. There's just too much of it. Like I would go onto Twitter on a normal morning, right, when I'm sort of rounding up my, my news and my stories and, and what I'm going to work on today. One of the first places I look is Twitter. And I scroll through and I so often see tweets I disagree with, takes I disagree with, interviews I disagree with, um, stories I disagree with. But I don't feel the need to go around policing everybody um, and telling them what they should or shouldn't think. And I don't feel the need that if I do see something I disagree with to personally attack the person from which it's coming. And I think that there's this there's this weird culture that's developed ever since social media became a real prominent part of our lives, where, as I keep saying to you guys, as the great Mike Tyson says, people are feeling comfortable to go and say something to someone that would normally get them a punch in the face. And to me, it drives me crazy that people have no regard for their words, no regard for their actions. And as someone who's been on the receiving end of it, not ever to the extent of Granite Xhaka, it does grind on you a little bit. And you do think like, why are these people doing that? And it does make you question yourself and it does make you doubt what you're doing. It does make you wonder if this is the kind of job you want to do. And as I said on that show with Tom, for me, The most important thing and the thing that I always say to myself to stop me biting back or to stop me um, you know sort of taking it to heart is I am not going to let a troll um, stop me from doing the job I want to do and stop me from having the career I want to have and and that for me is my motivation to kind of steer clear of it as much as I possibly can but I thought that some of the response to that interview has been crazy I think for the most part, it's been positive. I have to say, it's been a lot more positive than I expected. There are a few bits in that interview, as I said in in that show with Mike, that I'm not 100% in agreement with, but that doesn't mean I can't respect his opinion. I think overall, he came across well. So to see people saying, oh, no, he's taking no responsibility and he's blaming the fans, blah, blah, blah. I just thought that was just... I have to assume that those people didn't actually watch the full interview or read the full transcript and only saw a few quotes here and there on Twitter um, and and took them as as sort of out of context and made their minds up based on that. Because I don't know how you can take away from that anything that shows Granit Xhaka in a bad light. I mean, I think he's shown loyalty to the club, even if it is because he himself has something to prove or feels he has something to prove. I've got no issue with it. You know, self-motivation is a, is a big thing. So yeah it is what it is, but I just I was a little bit surprised I'm not gonna lie by how how many people sort of tried to use it as a thing to dig him out on again and and I kind of expected it, I have to say um, but I was still surprised nevertheless. Okay, as I say, if you want full reaction to that Granit Xhaka interview, myself and Mike Stavrouw broke it down really sort of in detail just a few days ago and it's on the channel and on the podcast feed if you want to check it out. Uh, Palash says, is this game versus Saints do or die? I think for Champions League, yeah, it's do or die. Um, I really do. I think that Brighton was do or die as well. Um, But there's just a tiny little bit of life still in us. Um, So yeah. It is do or die for sure. We've, we've got to. We've got to take maximum points from this one. Uh, Matt G says, Harry would lack be in your team if he wasn't missing. I don't know 100% that he is missing, Matt, um, as I was saying a little bit earlier on. But even if he was fit and available, I think I'd take him out of the firing line this weekend. I think it's needed. Um, I think he's getting a lot of heat. And it goes back to what I was saying on my video at the Emirates the other day. I don't really think that we help players by sort of singling Individuals out and really sort of sticking the boot in on them when they're clearly having a difficult time. I don't think it helps Lacazette that everybody's talking about him um, when when sort of discussing the lack of goals. As I say, I think it's a deeper problem than that. I think as a team, um, we don't score enough goals in general. I think that, as I said at the start of the season, going into the campaign with just Saka and Smith Rowe um, in the wide areas or as your first choice players and expecting them. To raise their outputs to a level that could cover, essentially, for Lacazette's lack of goals or at least keep us sort of balanced was always a big ask. And, and, and I thought that Mikel Arteta took a big risk there. Um, so I think the lack of goals is a problem that is team-wide, if that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, I would take him out yeah, for this game. Let's see uh, what else I've got. Uh, I beg your pardon, what else have we got? Um Uh, Alves Khan says, why are you playing Tavares? If he plays, he will foul players and you know who's on them. So you're talking about James Ward-Prowse and his uh, set-piece prowess. He is the best set-piece taker in the league by about a country mile. He really is. Anytime Southampton get a free kick in and around the box, you know that you're in trouble. And I think, surely, that's got to have gone into Arsenal's preparation, right? There's got to be an awareness around that. And hopefully that's something that we can avoid or situation that we could avoid. Um, but look, the idea of playing Nuno Tavares and then playing Xhaka alongside Laconga is that Tavares is going to do most of his work, you hope, further up the pitch. Um, and so he won't really be in a position to be given free kicks away uh, sort of in and around the penalty area. That's, that's what I said we needed to do against Brighton. I thought we needed to slightly rejig the midfield shape. And I never foresaw Granite Xhaka being taken out of it, but I thought we needed to rejig that midfield shaper touch where we've been playing sort of with the one man and then the two sort of being a little bit more advanced. I felt we needed to go back to the two slightly deeper players so that we could accommodate the weakness that we have in the fullback positions with Kieran Tierney and Tommy Asu absent. Uh, Russ says, do you see Elneny as a viable option? He still gives everything when he plays. I do. Um, as I've said uh, a little bit earlier on in the programme, if Granit Xhaka has to play left-back, if Mikel Arteta is so um, keen to make sure that uh, that he plays at left back ahead of Nuno Tavares, then we've got to, got to bring Mohamed El into the side to help out Lukonga, who I thought we hung out to try just the other day. Uh, let me take a few more of, um, of your questions. Uh, as Afsar says, please do smash the like button, guys. Yes please do. It really, really does help. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you are new as well, as we continue to creep towards, uh, 20,000 subscribers here on YouTube. And if you're listening via audio, please do leave us a review on Apple podcasts, especially it really, really helps Look, we got 46 likes on the board. Let's try and get that up to 100 ASAP. There's more than enough of you watching, uh, for us to get there. Okay. Um, let's take uh, a couple of, um, a couple more bits. Um, Peeny Ween says, uh, thoughts, if any, on Sean Dyche being sacked? I'm shocked, personally. Again, touched on it right at the top of the show, right at the top of the stream. I'm surprised by it as well. I don't really think that at this point in the season um, is uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's the right time or, or there's enough time for someone else to come in and get his ideas across. Are they hoping a new manager bounce? We'll get them over the line. I don't know. Interesting to see who they're going to appoint, isn't it? Uh, okay. Uh, side says uh, the Xhaka interview was a brave move from him. I respect that, but I don't like some of the things he said. Look, but you don't have to agree with every word he says. And, and I think that's the key. I think you've hit the nail on the head side. You have to respect him for doing it, and you have to respect him for being so honest. I thought the bit where he was most honest was when he was talking about the relationship he has with the fans now and that it could never be 100%. And I get that. Like, if it were me in his position, I wouldn't be 100% with the fans. But there's this there's this like narrative of people going, "Well, oh, he's just blaming the fans. And, you know, he just wants to push it all onto them. And how can he not love the fans? Why the hell should Granit Xhaka love the fans? He's got nothing but shit from them since he arrived at this football club. There are people out there, very prominent people in the Arsenal sphere, if you like, who are adamant that we've not played Champions League football for a number of years because of Granite Xhaka. Like, that's the extent of criticism that he gets. Um, how can you, without being fake, how can you sort of get over that or get past that or com- completely sort of wipe that out of your mind? Uh, Jid said, if you're referring to AFTV, then are you, then how are you surprised, Harry, talking about the reaction? Um, I'm not referring specifically to them. I haven't actually watched any video that they did Um, off the back of it, just going by things I've seen on social media and some conversations I've had uh, with sort of colleagues and stuff in in WhatsApp groups. I'm just a little bit surprised by it. Um, Ave says, um, when is Mikel's press conference? I think it's due to take place today. Um, I don't know exactly what time, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you. And as I say, I'm going to be signing off for the day um, and enjoying my rare day off uh, with my family um, a little bit later on. So I'm not going to be right across it um, as soon as it, it comes, but um wanted to get this preview out to you guys, and I'm sure we'll pick some bits, um, some bits from it uh, a little bit later on, maybe for a short video or uh, perhaps early tomorrow morning. We'll see. Okay, I think I'm going to leave it there. We've been going for 40 minutes or so. Uh, there we go. Birat says it's at 1 p.m. Brilliant. Thank you, Birat. Much more uh, clued up than me at this moment in time. I'm in holiday mode today. I'm sorry, I am. And everyone needs it now and again. Everyone needs a break um, because it's been a really hectic, in a good way, week. Uh, as I say, if you want to, if you want in on the Hippodrome event, Leicester Square, London, Thursday, twenty first of April, seven to nine pm. You have to be eighteen plus, by the way, because it's a casino, and you won't get in otherwise. You need to show ID as well. Um, so if you're interested, if you want to come down, uh, presented by Lee Judges TV and Sophie Nicola of the Hybrid Squad with special guest Kevin Campbell featuring myself and, of course, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk TV. So do, uh, if you want to get involved, send me a message, uh, not in this chat, because I won't see it once the stream ends. So either DM me on Twitter at Harry Simiou, or you can, if you're a member, hit me up in the Discord server. Uh, Also, uh, keep an eye on my social feeds because I'm going to be posting uh, that game day feature that we recorded yesterday at the Tollington pub right next to the Arsenal with uh, Jordan jarrett Bryan, excellent presenter. And of course, the one and only Perry Groves uh, for TalkSport will be airing ahead of the game. But I believe it's going to go out in video format as well, I think. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, if I get that, I'll be sharing it out with you guys too. Okay, I will catch you all a little bit later on. Um, Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy your day. If I don't speak to you, some of you, uh, between now and Sunday, have a great Easter. Although we will be doing a post-match show on Saturday evening. But yeah, catch you all a little bit later on. Until next time, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.